الحمد لله الحمد لله خالق الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم ومخرج الصبر من الألم وملك التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم ذي الشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم فالحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محتثاتها وإن كل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقصد في مشيك وغضب من صوتك إن أنكر الأصوات لصوت الحمير ربي شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين Today inshallah I'm going to try to conclude our uh, brief series on khutbas related to the the counsel that Luqman radiyallahu anhu gave to his son that's recorded in the Quran uh, from ayahs number 12 all the way to number 19 uh, today I'll try to talk a little bit about the final phrase in this advice uh, and that phrase is we, we covered part of it or part of it was covered because it's all one ayah but the first part of this ayah we talked about in some detail in the last khutbah when Allah says in the words of Luqman he tells us he communicates the advice saying waqsid fi mashyika uh, be intentful in your walk or be balanced in your walk. So we did address that uh, and how that is actually a pretty comprehensive statement, not just about having purpose, having clear goals, having limited milestones so that the longer, the larger goal that you want to accomplish is tangible because it's about the steps that you're going to take. Um, one thing I didn't address there is the pace because a lot of scholars actually did talk about uh, in this ayah, don't walk too fast and don't walk too slow that Al-Qasd fi Mashi is actually a balanced pace of walk, which represents a few things too, because sometimes there are things that require uh, immediate attention. They are urgent, and you have to get to them right away. Uh, and there are other things that, you know, they you can only do them at a slow pace. You can only do them one little bit at a time, right? So there are things that are short-term, long-term. There are things that are, that are urgent priority. There are things that are supposed to be done over time. Um, think of it like this. Think of, for example, medication. Uh, there's a prescription for medication, but there's also a time, right? So you can only take it every so many hours or every so many days and this much dosage. But if you say, well, I just want to get better. I want to finish the bottle. I'll just get better. You're killing yourself, right? If you, if you take too much too early, that's not the prescribed time for it. So the idea of qasd fi mashi also includes 
doing things at a balance in balanced proportion. And it's it also includes when you have uh, you know, not too fast and not too slow, because when you speed up and exhaust more energy in one thing, you may be taking energy from something else. Allah created human beings with multiple entanglements. I have obligations to people in my life. I have obligations that are financial in nature, social in nature, legal in nature. I'm being pulled in many things. So any one of us, um, as, especially as we go closer and closer towards adulthood, but even as children, um, we have a, a bunch of things we need to get done. Whether it's school assignments, whether it's work we have to finish, whether it's letters we have to open up in the mail, whether it's, you know, you know the, the, the plumbing needs to get fixed in the house or the trash needs to get taken out or, you know, the, I need to finish this letter, I got to finish writing that book, etc., etc. There's, there's things that are just on our plate, right? And Al-Qasd fi Mashi is powerful advice in that Luqman is telling his son, anhu, that you have to have a balance in what you go towards, because what happens often is, I really like doing some things. Other things are not that much fun. So, you know, going through the bills is not a lot of fun. But, you know, maybe I really enjoy memorizing Quran. And memorizing Quran is a lot of fun for me. I really enjoy it. So what do I, what do, I do? The things that I enjoy doing, I don't even realize I'm spending extra time doing them, which feels good. But guess what? There were some other things that are not as enjoyable, like doing the dishes. <laughs> Right, like doing the other chores, other tasks that needed my attention, and they're not getting done. Right, and in a more on a more serious note, for example, for heads of a household, for heads of a household, you are responsible to your spouse, you're responsible to your children, you're responsible to your parents, you're responsible to your work, you're responsible in multiple. You're responsible. You even have you're responsible to yourself for your own care. You know, to just you know take a mental break so you don't you're not running on fumes. Right, you you have multiple needs pulling at you and you have to figure out a way to balance all of that because if you just say well i'm just going to take care of one thing i really love spending time with the kids and in doing so you're ignoring the spouse you're ignoring the parents you're ignoring work you're ignoring everything else right or you know wanting to spend time in the masjid is a beautiful thing but some people want to spend time in the masjid to get away from their family because there's too much drama there so <laughs> That's not a healthy thing. Volunteering for Islamic activities is a great thing. But when you're volunteering, because you're always fighting with your parents at home, and so you become an extra super volunteer, uh, that you're lying to yourself, right? There's a, there's a balance that needs to be struck. And that, so that advice, be balanced in your walk and intentful in your walk, is actually pretty comprehensive. So it's even more comprehensive than what I talked about last time. Now the, the idea, the, the teaching that is coupled with that is pretty interesting. He says, وَغْضُدْ min sautik, Lower your voice. It actually, it actually means lower a part of your voice. Because you could say, وَغْضُدْ sautak. وَغْضُدْ sautak. You don't have to have the min. The hafja doesn't have to be there. And it could just be a maf'ul and it's mansub. وَغْضُدْ sautak. The sauta could be mansub. Right? But the, what the min does is it creates what's called a taqleel. What that means is, Lower a part of your voice. What that also is, that's very balanced advice. You know what that means? That means sometimes you have to raise your voice a little bit. And other times you have to keep it lower. But in all cases, you could be louder and you could take it down a few notches. And this is actually the, the, the etymology, the origin of this word suggests that it's uh, when, you don't use some, when you don't use full force for something, then you're doing ghadd. So, يَغُضُّ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ is used in the Qur'an. Same word is used for believers to lower a part of their gaze. So, you, they, they often translate that, tell the believing men to lower their gaze, or tell the believing women to lower their gaze. Actually, 
uh, it's not yahuddu uh, you know absarahum it's yahuddu min absarihim there's a min there also what does that do it actually means if you lowered your gaze you wouldn't know where you're going you'd run into walls and glass doors <laughs> right you you don't know where the car is coming down the street but lower it just enough so that you don't become distracted easily and you're not looking at things you're not supposed to but enough to know where you're going so there's a balance that's being struck even in that advice. Now, last time I spoke to you about lowering the voice and how that means don't, don't be someone who's just trying to get attention, right? Um, and trying to be loud, like I gave you the example of you know, the louder kids in the school that try to get attention and they're the most obnoxious and that's their way of feeling cool. They're the ones that talk over the teacher or you know, make wisecracks and things like that. And even though they get in trouble, they get a high off of the fact that other people laughed at them or other people kind of enjoyed it. You know, and that's, that's their high, that's their sense of value. So their value comes from being loud and obnoxious. It doesn't come from any intentful contribution. It doesn't come from a balanced walk. It doesn't come from accomplishing a goal. It comes from getting attention. For some people, getting attention is their ultimate goal. In a talk I gave a long time ago when I talked about different goals people have, for some people, being popular is their most important goal. Like that's, that's their only goal. And they just, uh, you know, and they live for that. And when they can't get attention by normal means because they have nothing that's worthy of getting attention, then they start feeling worthless. So they start doing crazy things to get attention. So they start acting up to get attention. They start getting loud and obnoxious to get attention. And it's interesting that our voices are no longer just, you know, voices that are heard over the ear. Our voices now in, in this new age are extended by means of our fingertips on our, on our mobile devices. They're extended by means of comment sections on social media. They're extended by quick videos and, you know, TikToks or, you know, you know, so by way of Snapchat or Instagram or social, you know, Facebook or whatever, how much of that is a need for attention and how much of that is purposeful? Just think about that, right? And how much of it is, man, if we make this kind of video, it's gonna go viral. Meaning the intention behind it is viral attention. That's the intention, the goal of it is that. That is not purposeful. That has no purpose. And so he says, be balanced in your walk and then lower your voice. In other words, don't exert the energy of expressing yourself. Don't exert that energy until there's purpose to it. And when you do exert energy in, in expressing yourself, saying something, then you don't have to be so loud. You don't have to overpower others because here's the beautiful thing. Like minds, right? When you're around obnoxious people, loud people, purposeless people, then the only way you can be heard is by screaming louder than everybody else. That's the only way you can be heard. But if you're surrounded by people that are all working purposefully, then they're all quiet and busy working. You didn't have to lower your, you didn't have to raise your voice. You can speak in a normal tone, and because what you're saying is purposeful, people that are, other people that are purposeful can just hear what you have to say without being you know, without being drawn by other theatrics, you see? So the idea here, it's one thing leading to the other. Put yourself in an environment where you don't have to raise your voice. Okay, so create an environment for yourself, surround yourself with people around whom you don't have to raise your voice to get that kind of attention. But is also about controlling temper because when else do people raise their voices? Is when they get upset, is when they're getting attention. And when they are angry. 
And this is also an ayah implicitly, of course, telling a young man, because at the age of youth, when you become a teenager, when you become a late teen, when you become more and more, you come into your, you know, your, your puberty, you, you discover your own independence as a young adult, then you start acting very angry. You get upset very easily. Things rub you the wrong way very easily. That fragile, newly found adult ego is very easily attacked, right? And you can get, you can get loud, you can get obscene, you can use terrible words, you can even become violent very, very quickly. It's like a spark always ready to, to fly off. And that's why many of us, when we look back at our teenage years, we regret some of the ways we behave with our parents, with our friends, the things we did, the things we said, the stupidity of youth, right? He's telling his young son, if you develop purpose early on, then you won't fall into that trap. You'll be able to control your temper. Because raising your voice is actually, it, it doesn't make you powerful. It doesn't make you, you know, it, it doesn't it, uh, give you more value. It doesn't make you more worthy of being heard. Because of all the things in, this, in, in, in these ayat, nowhere did Luqman ever give an analogy to compare you to someone else, his son to someone else. He never did that. He never made a comparison. So he didn't, for example, say, uh, you know, be purposeful in your walk. But don't be like, you know, a bird that's flying in every direction. So he didn't compare him to a bird, for example. He didn't do that. So he gave different advices, but not, with none of the advice that he gave, did he ever give a, give a comparison, right? So far, we didn't see that. But when he came to lowering the voice, he said, He said, the ugliest, the most alien of sounds, the sound that you don't want to hear, and you wish remained hidden, is the sound of donkeys. In the ankar, no doubt about it, the ugliest of sounds, ankar is the superlative form, is aftalu tafdi, like akbar, and it's a mudaf here, so ankar al aswati, lasotul hamir. The most, the ugliest of all sounds is the sound of donkeys, and hamir is the plural of himar. Himar is a donkey. Al hamir is plural. It's the plural. It's the, it's the uh, you know jamat taksir of, of himar. What that means is, well, simply, Allah didn't say, don't sound like a donkey. Or as you would say in Pakistan and Urdu, gada na bano. Don't be a gada. Right? I'm sure every culture has some don't be a donkey version. Or you're being a donkey. Right? Um, a Western culture, not so much. Or they use a more inappropriate word. But in, in, in many Eastern cultures, when you're acting stupid, or when you're being stubborn, or when you're not listening, or when you're being an idiot, etc., etc., you're compared to a donkey. Right? But in this ayah, it's not about being not smart. Well, not directly. This is about not being loud. Now, I don't have to demonstrate the, the braying of a donkey for you. You know what that sounds like. Um, but here, what's being said, first interesting thing, the plural is being used. Now, some you know, scholars in the tafsir of this ayah said, well, the plural is being used because it's, you know, it's because it rhymes with everything else. So, you know, for example, you have Hamid, Azim, Masir, Khabir, Umur, Fakhur, Hamir. So it's like, it's going along, so himar would not have, the singular would not have matched with the rhyme scheme. But I would argue that the style of the Qur'an is always secondary, and the meanings of the Qur'an are always primary. And what Allah may be even telling us by using the plural, the sound of donkeys, even though he's talking to one son. He says the most ugliest sound or the sound of donkeys is by is saying that when you become loud, 
And when you become obnoxious, then you cannot be distinguished from other people that are loud and obnoxious. You lose your individuality, which is a profound thing to say. Because people get loud because they want to stick out from the crowd. They want to be the individual. He's saying the exact opposite happens. You just become one of a pack of donkeys. First of all, your voice doesn't make any sense. It doesn't mean anything. It's just hot air. You're just blowing hot air. And even if you were heard, you can't be distinguished from the other hundreds of dozens of donkeys that are braying at the same time. This, that's not what makes you stand out. Being loud is not what makes you stand out. And being loud is not what makes you understood. Because a donkey cannot be understood. Imam Razi went even a step further in describing this problem of the donkey. Like, why would he compare the donkey? He says, he says in the first part, be purposeful in your walk, right? He says, he didn't make a comparison there, and he didn't rebuke it so harshly, as if to compare him to, don't fall into the trap that makes you like other people that are donkeys. It's interesting, because when you walk without purpose, you harm yourself. But when you speak loud, you don't just harm yourself. You cause harm also to others. You're creating, creating noise pollution. I don't know how much of our life is filled with noise pollution from others. That we just, why am I even listening to this? And then you, then you discover that people that genuinely mean well for you, when you are loud, when you are loud, and when you are, you know, you speak in that manner, then you'll notice that people that would benefit you, that can actually benefit you, they distance themselves from you. And people like you, that just want to be heard but don't want to listen, come, come closer and closer to you. So you naturally form your own pack of donkeys <laughs> because of your loud voice. You distance people and you, you bring closer other animal-like behavior, other donkey-like behavior. So you're, you're going to harm yourself if you become a loud person. You're going to create that environment. And this is Luqman's very implicit way of teaching his son. Your behavior is going to attract a certain kind of people towards you. But the way you act isn't just about you. It has a gravitational force field and a certain kind of people are going to want to be a part of your life. And other people will be repelled by you. They'll be pushed away from you. It's interesting also in the Qur'an that the donkey analogy has been given elsewhere. It's been given in Suratul Jumu'ah. It was described of some of the scholars of the Israelites that were given the burden of the Torah and they didn't carry it, that they're compared to the donkey that is carrying loads of books. They're, it's carrying loads of books. Imam Razi said about, not this ayah in particular, he said that when a donkey is being attacked, like you know if, an, if uh, you know, goats were being attacked by a lion or if you know, a deer was being attacked, other animals if they're being attacked, either they have quick reflexes and they run fast, or they will make noise to alert the other herd well in advance. They'll make noise well in advance. But donkeys are the worst in protecting themselves from predators because they don't make a noise until their neck is grabbed or until it's almost grabbed. And they make the same noise in the state of emergency that they make without any purpose. Like they could just be standing there, nothing's going on. A horse will stay quiet. A horse will start making noise and you'll come out and check, is everything okay? A dog might start, your, your, you know, the pet dog, the trained dog might start barking all of, all of a sudden and you say, There's, there must be trouble. The chickens will make noise all of a sudden really loud. Oh, there must have been a fox in the den. You understand? But a donkey is going to make the state of emergency braying really loud and you'll be like, what's happening? And he's just chilling outside. 
Like he used he used the energy of the loud voice for something that had no purpose. And you know what happens then? When his loud voice actually means that there's an animal attacking him, nobody cares. Because this, this statement is also telling us, for some people, everything is a big deal. Listen to this carefully. For some people, everything is, everything is a big deal. Everything is worth yelling and screaming. Everything is worth like being, going off the top of your lungs. All caps. You know, pitchfork in hand. Everything is a moral outrage. And when you're mad about everything, then basically you, have, you put value on nothing. You put value on nothing. You have to... Wardud Min Sautik is very powerful because we can't just be outraged and angry and extreme in everything because then things that actually matter and things that don't matter have been put on equal value. Because you only have so much volume you can raise. So that should be stored for actual emergencies. That should be stored for actual things of value that deserve a kind of outrage. Where it should be met, where it should be raised to some extent, even then it's controlled and it's tempered. And so in Inna Ankar al Aswati la Sotul Hamir is a pretty powerful you know, wisdom pertaining to communication, the way in which we communicate, the way in, we, in which we express anger. Because if you get angry about everything, then you start getting labeled by everybody else as, man, this person's always angry. There's always bad. You know what? Oh, you're mad about that too? Oh, what's new? They're always mad. And now when you're mad about something that you should be mad about, it didn't actually get heard. Nobody heard you because you know what? Because your voice is as, inco- your, your, your sounds are as meaningless as the annoying sounds made by a donkey. Oh, there they go again. There they go. That's all it becomes. So it only ends up harming you. Look at the irony of that. The one who's trying to be the loudest, to be the heard most, is actually heard least. Is underst- the one who tries to un- be understood more, most by, by their loudness, is the one understood least. Now apply that as a principle. I apply that as a principle. You apply that as a principle to how we express ourselves in this new world. You know, in this new... Uh, a socially isolated world that we find ourselves in. Some of us are in our apartments or our homes, limited to a few people that we are engaged in in, 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 our, in our family or in a very limited circle, right? We're quarantined. But even in that environment, we're actually still accessing the entire world online, aren't we? Constantly. So we're actually exposed to millions of people at any given moment, any, anything you're consuming, there's a comment section, there's a way to engage, there's a way to interact with people constantly. If you, if you and I understand this principle, then we have to measure our response and measure the kinds of people we're inviting into our, before our eyes and our ears. Like who has access to our eyes and our ears? And what kind of things leave our fingertips? What's leaving our fingertips? What kind of, what kind of commentators have we become? Have we become, you know, people that are loud about everything? Like imagine, I'll, I'll speak, you know, modern lingo for a second. If you have a friend who's always text messaging all caps, Right? All, all they do is text message all caps. Then if one time there was an actual state of emergency and they're really mad and they texted all caps, would you know that they're mad? No. That's all they do. They're always all caps. That's, they don't know anything else. So uh, they're just playing. You know? It, it, doesn't really, it doesn't really count. So we have to make ourselves, our communication tempered and measured. And this is part of living a balanced life. 
being able to communicate in that way. So I pray that Allah makes us effective communicators and balanced communicators and doesn't make us like the fray of the, you know, the, the herd of donkeys that are just braying and our voices aren't rising above them all. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikri al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazina astafa khususan ala afdalihim wa khatamin nabiyyin Muhammad al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Qala Allahu azza wa jal fi kitabihi al-kareem ba'da anakula a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayyuhal lazina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala muhammadin wa ala alihi muhammad kama sallayta ala ibrahim wa ala alihi ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidun majid Allahumma barik ala muhammadin wa ala alihi muhammad kama barakta ala ibrahim wa ala alihi ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidun majid ibadallah rahimakumullah ittaqullah inna allaha ya'muru bil adli wal ihsan wa ita'i dhil qurba wa yanha 'anil fahsha'i wal munkar wa la dhikrullahi akbar الله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا